Hi, everyone, and welcome to Four Years of Faith, a podcast on Catholicism in college. My name's Kevin Jackson, and I'm joined, as usual, by my wonderful co-host, Mary Joy Kozak. MJ, how are you this morning? Wonderful. February's been going by pretty quickly. You know, it's a balance, especially as a senior in my last semester, it's a balance between being excited, because there's so much to look forward to, but then also not wanting time to go by too quickly. How about yeah, you? I definitely feel that. You're, you're right. Those second semester senior vibes are starting to get to me. So we, we thought we'd start our show off a little bit differently this morning by talking about one way that we experience God in our past week. So a week's gone by since we recorded our last podcast. We thought we'd just uh, check in with that question. So you said you'd like to go first. Oh, I did. Did I? Okay. Well, I guess Kevin just added that in. But in terms of where I found God this week, God, there's a lot of places. I'd say that where I've definitely found God this week, towards the beginning of the week, I had a couple of meals at Leo's with some underclassmen friends. And over the course of just having those meals and just having great conversation, talked about being a freshman, being a sophomore. And it was crazy to think that's three, two years ago at this point. And all that I've grown and all that I've learned since then, I definitely found God in those conversations because, you know, during those points of maybe uncertainty or, you know, things as they're trying to figure out clubs, friendships, I was like, wow, God was with me every step of the way. And now I'm a senior and have that, you know, not all figured out, but definitely way more figured out than I did when I was a freshman and sophomore. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. One of the reasons I love thinking about this is because we can see God working in our lives better a lot of times looking back on it than in the present moment. For me, it was in my small faith group, my Catholic faith community this week. We had our second group meeting, really enjoying getting to know the people in our group. It's been um, a really good experience so far. And just hearing the different ways that people interacted with God in their lives up to this point. I think it's always enlightening to hear other people's perspectives on topics. Our topic this week was happiness and how faith can tie into that. And just had a really, really good discussion, really good reflection as a group. That was a way that I definitely found God this week. Yeah, I always think it's good to stop and reflect so we can be aware of how God is working through our week. But here at Georgetown, obviously being so busy, it's easy to get lost in all that. So definitely good to take a time to pause and reflect where we saw God in our day, week, month semester. Absolutely. And one of the ways that we get to do that is by recording this podcast every week. So we get to have some pretty awesome conversations about faith with some pretty awesome guests. And this week will be no exception. Absolutely. That's right. Well, we're really excited this week to be talking about the topic of discernment, which is something that Kevin and I think has a ton of relevance for college students who are trying to make decisions about pretty much anything. So we're going to talk about what discernment is and why it can be relevant for our lives. And again, we're really stoked about this topic. Joining us in our conversation about discernment, we are now thrilled to welcome in our guest for this week's show, Father Greg Shendon. Father Greg's been at Georgetown for five years and now serves as the director of campus ministry. We're so excited that he's taken some time to be with us here today. Father Greg, welcome to the show. How are you today? I am doing quite well, Kevin, and just thanks to you and to MJ for uh, for this podcast, first of all, but also for inviting me on uh, this morning to talk uh, a little bit about discernment. Well, we thought we'd start by asking you to answer the question that we just brought up. Where did you see God in your week? Just off the cuff, I would have to say, I had, I had a really incredible conversation with a colleague here at the university. Actually, it's a colleague I've known uh, for a long time, taught this individual when they were in high school, and uh, they've now come to the university to work here. And we had a long conversation about uh, 
the mission uh, that we're all involved in here in terms of forming others, right, uh, and formation. And what really came out of the conversation, this was the real grace, and when we talk about finding God uh, in the midst of all things, was this notion that while, uh, while our work is the work of formation, we can't help but be formed and transformed by that very work and that very interaction we have with the students here at the university. One of those, again, one of these privileged conversations, uh, one of these accidental graces that just kind of pop up at the course of the week. Awesome, well, thanks for sharing that. I know we're gonna kind of dive into even more of your experiences <laughs> throughout the course of our conversation, which I know you're excited about. Of course. Hey, we are too, Kevin. That's true, that's true. <laughs> so as we mentioned, we'd like to have a conversation about discernment today, as MJ mentioned, definitely a topic that we think is relevant for college students, but just first to understand your perspective a little bit more, we'd love to know just a little bit about what you do here at Georgetown and how you came to be here. I go to a lot of meetings, Kevin. That's what I do. <laughs> um, that's part of what I do as director of campus ministry. A good portion of what I do is um, looking at what we're doing, what we have been doing, what we're doing, and what we ought to be doing. Uh, very kind of Ignatian principle, uh, looking at those three moments, uh, the past, the present, and the future. And with always that notion of the Magis insight, saying how do we do what we're doing already, but how do we maybe do it a bit more mindfully, a bit more thoughtfully, uh, a bit more mercifully? That's really the role of what we are here in, in campus ministry, if that makes sense. No, that definitely makes sense. And to your point of knowing what we should be doing, that's easy, right? We know what we should piece be doing. Piece of cake, like. piece of cake, MJ. Yes, of <laughs> not, course. Not, just kidding. So thanks for sharing that. But that actually ties us in perfectly to our idea of discernment. So obviously we're here at Georgetown, which is a Jesuit school. And the topic of discernment is particularly relevant here. But I think the first question that would be helpful to our listeners is, what is discernment? You know, it's a word we throw around a lot, but... Like you said, you know, it's one that we don't stop to define very often. So would you mind explaining a little bit about what discernment is at a basic level? Sure. Uh, well, and you're absolutely right in the notion that we use that term an awful lot. And we can turn maybe any decision or choice into discernment. Um, maybe to start off with what discernment is not. Discernment is not um, if I'm going to have chicken tenders at Leo's today. That's a choice, pretty much, pretty straightforward. I, I might have them, I might not have them. But the answer is always yes. Well, of course, it's Thursday, right? Yes. So there we go, yes, the answer is yes. Uh, that's one thing, it's, 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 it's not that every single uh, you know, choice is going to be discernment. Discernment cuts more to coming to live and make decisions more fully out of who we authentically are. That's really what discernment is. In addition, with discernment, discernment isn't coming to reflect on good versus bad. We know good versus bad. Uh, discernment really involves discerning a good from another good. You know, that can be very, very, you know, pivotal moments uh, when one, you know, is choosing what college to go to or what, uh, what job or uh, uh, educational path to take after undergrad. Uh, it can be those, those definitive moments. I think we often reduce it solely down to those definitive moments. But it's all about that notion of, well, how am I doing this in the midst of the seemingly ordinary day-to-day? -day? And when it, one is doing that and reflecting on that, how am I doing that just today? 
then one ends up living uh, into those larger choices or decisions in a, a discerning way. Again, listening to those deep desires, right? It's that notion of listening again. When we're thinking about who and whose we are in the process of discernment, when we're thinking about where is God leading me in this moment, where is God leading me, big picture or day-to-day, as you were mentioning, there can be a tendency to think, well, how do I know when God is really telling me to do something versus, oh, I just reasoned this out in my head. You know, what makes discernment different from a process of just, you know, I kind of thought through the steps and this is the conclusion I arrived at. What What is different about discernment? Well, because I think you said, I, I just reasoned it out in my head. I, I think that since we're talking about this notion of living authentically, living uh, in deeper relationship with Christ, that's a relationship rooted in love. Love is not always reasonable on human standards or terms, is it? Uh, If you look at what Jesus did, if you look at the incarnation uh, itself, uh, on human human terms, it seems pretty unreasonable, doesn't it? You know, a a God, all omnipotent, becoming human uh, to walk with us. That doesn't make sense uh, on a human level, but it's done out of love. So I think this notion of, of, you know, purely a logic or reason-based decision-making, certainly reason uh, is a big part of the equation with discernment, but it's always that balance between head and heart, isn't it? Uh, It's both, you know, both the the intellect and the affect. Uh, That's, again, where this notion of of desire comes into it. Often, you know, we, we think desires are, oh, we should rid ourselves of desires. And some, some religious traditions hold, you know, we rid ourselves of our desires. With Ignatian spirituality, it's all about listening to those deepest desires. And what one comes to recognize in this, in this whole notion of listening and discerning is that God's deepest desires for us are not somehow something completely different than our deepest desires for ourselves. Those desires are one and the same. It's in listening more fully to those deep desires that we come to recognize, oh, this truly is God's desire for me. Yeah, no, that's good. Because one of the other things that we were thinking about was how do we even distinguish whether we're really listening to God or listening to what we want him to be saying to us? Well, see, that's, you know, uh, again, uh, there's the notion of discernment, and then Ignatius will speak of the discernment of spirits, you know, that there are spirits of light and spirits of dark, and spirits of light will lead us into greater consolation, will lead us to uh, certain feelings of um, peace and of joy, uh, of uh, feelings of inner freedom. Uh, then there are those, those movements and those spirits of dark which lead us uh, into feeling um, maybe more fearful, uh, maybe more anxious, maybe more desolate. Uh, so it's listening and, and saying, well, where, uh, where are these feelings leading me? Uh, what direction? Are they leading me towards greater peace and joy? Or are they leading me away from that and, and leading me to... Um, uh, complacency, uh, maybe to leading me to cut off relationships. Uh, does that make sense? Definitely. One of the things that I think it's worth talking about that we talked about a little bit, but deserves a little bit more time, is the fact that discernment isn't deciding between 
good and bad. Right. It's the it's it, it's different. It's deciding between good and and other good things, and right. that's way more difficult. Right. Well, and because yeah, good versus bad is pretty clear cut. That doesn't mean sometimes we don't <laughs> choose the bad. That's out of our own brokenness and weakness. Yeah, sometimes we do choose the bad, but that's a pretty clear cut uh, choice. We know that uh, the good from the greater good is um, it's a, it's a little more it's a little more complicated, isn't it? Uh, but if you look, you know, if you look at the motto of the Society of Jesus, ad maiorum dei gloriam in quae hominum salutem, for the greater glory of God. It's always this notion of how can I live more fully uh, for God's glory? And, and what is God's glory? According to St. Irenaeus, it's God's glory is woman, man, fully alive. So it's that desire, and we're back to desire, aren't we? It's that desire to live more and more fully uh, who we're each uniquely created to be. I've got to imagine that that practice of discernment in everyday life, as you were saying, whatever your external circumstances may be, I've got to imagine that those little moments of discernment about things that seem smaller probably make it a more natural practice when it comes to bigger decisions. Is that fair to say? That's that, Certainly. It's like, again, Ignatius calls them the spiritual exercises because he recognizes in the same way we, uh, you know, we work out uh, so as to exercise, you know, our, our physical self, that occurs on the spiritual level too. And just like with physical exercise at Yates, you know, there are days you might really, really say, okay, I'm gonna go for that swim and it's gonna be a great thing and I'm really, really charged about it. There are other days where it's the last thing you wanna do in the morning, but you still do it and it becomes habitual. And should you refrain from doing it, you can, you can physically feel the difference when you don't do it. It's the same way with the spiritual life, that you do foster this habit of reflection, of discernment each day. And so therefore, like you just said, Gavin, uh, you know, you, you, you're doing it in these small ways each and every day. Then larger discernments, you know, be it, you know, in terms of one's vocation, you know, in life, doesn't seem so daunting. I'm already doing this. I'm already listening in the small ways. Therefore, uh, I'm going to trust that God's going to be speaking to me in these uh, these larger moments in my life too. I think that's really key, and that's definitely something that I have grappled with over the years in terms of only turning to God when I'm like, oh, I have this massive decision to make. Where am I going to work? What am I going to do? Where am I going to go to college? And I think that that is so key in our understanding of what it means to approach God with a decision that we're trying to make, that it's not just out of the blue. It, it really makes a difference when we're kind of walking with him, even in those small decisions. Mm -hmm. Each and every day, right. Exactly. And I mean, I think a topic that's been threaded through our, even our first two discussions on both prayer and the Mass is, with discernment too, is it's not instantaneous. It's not, you don't get these re returns right away. You don't see exactly how it all happens right Right now. It's not the lightning bolt. It would be great, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be great it if it was a lightning bolt and it was that, that uh, you know, just dramatic and clear cut. But that would also take away so much of the, you know, the sublime beauty of what discernment is all about. It would take away a lot of the freedom too, right? I mean, if that lightning bolt just came down, it was like, okay, I get it. Uh, but, you know, uh, God and God's, 
uh, wisdom and, and love gives us that freedom for us to come to recognize who we are uniquely and whose we are uniquely. I keep going back to that, but I can't stress it enough because that's at the core of it all. And like you said, even in terms of any big decision, it's not just once you get to the decision, you're done, move on. It's you, you know, it's a it's a process. Once you get to the next point, you know, I remember even being a freshman, being like, all right, well, once I figure out, you know, what I'm going to study, for example, then I'll be good. Then I don't have to think about anything else. No, of course not. Then I got there and I was like, okay, well then, well, what do I want to do next? And I looked at all the seniors being like, oh my gosh, they totally know what they're doing with their lives. And now that Kevin and I are seniors, I think we know that's clearly not realistic. And the fun part about it isn't just figuring out what the next step is, but the process of growing and mm. talking to people and figuring out how to get to the next step and where you ultimately want to be. See, again, what you bring up there, MJ, that process of transformation is ongoing. You know, it's, again, we make these major choices in our lives, but we continue to transform through those as well into new places. Again, Ignatius's life, you know, it wasn't as if, you know, when he was, he was there uh, recuperating at Loyola, he had this daydream that he was going to found this grand religious order that was going to have you know, really good uh, universities that sometimes have really good basketball teams. That's all bonus and icing on the cake. So, Father Greg, we've touched on this in various ways already, but why is discernment such a relevant practice for college students? MJ and I definitely feel that it is uh, from our experience, which we'll talk a little bit about. But in, in your opinion, why is this something that college students can incorporate into their daily practice of faith and of their lives? Well, writ large, I think, because every person, uh, regardless of age, will benefit from um, the practice of discernment. But in, in terms of you know the undergrad experience, in terms of these four years, so much of life has been, in many ways, programmed uh, in varying, varying ways and varying degrees for each of us uniquely. And, you know, uh, up to the point of heading off to college, right? All of a sudden, you're on your own for the first time. And, you know, you're calling the shots now. <laughs> and you both have heard the story. But, you know, I entered uh, undergrad and my dad was a, a, a small business owner and my sister was an accountant so I thought okay business is the practical thing to do the practical thing not listening to who I was or the things that really enlivened me my desires I love literature always have always will and so get to undergrad and I start taking the prereqs and then first semester sophomore year I'm taking statistics and accounting and economics, and I'm an accounting major, and I have to drop accounting because I'm failing it. It's about listening to it all. And as I was going through, through that, I kept going back to the notion, I love literature. I, I ought to be studying literature. And so second semester, sophomore year, I switched my, majors, my major to uh, literature, and found greater peace and joy in all that I was doing. Um, the thing with discernment is we like to look towards the future, right? And say, okay, I'm going to uh, discern, you know, uh, and have it all mapped out. Again, with this notion of ongoing discernment and day-to-day -day discernment, to be listening uh, to what's going on 
with the experiences of the moment, right? You know, you might say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be this kind of major, but yet you start doing it and the experience tells you, this is uncomfortable and it's difficult and it's not bringing me any life. It's listening to, to the experiences. I think that's great. In terms of listening to experience too, and you know, we're surrounded by people, especially when we were sophomores and juniors. I think that's the big time, especially. Obviously, freshmen and seniors discern as well. But that's the big time people are like wondering about majors, about jobs, about internships, and what they should be doing with their life. And I think what's really helpful in all of this is not only you know, having good people, good resources and friends to talk to, good family members to talk to, but also having this relationship with God. I think a lot of times in periods of uncertainty, people turn away because they're trying to figure it out, out on their own or overthinking things. Um, but I think, like we've talked about, the ability to discern with God and trying to authentically find ourselves will lead us to things that we're good at and that we're better at than we're meant to do. We love to have everything planned out, don't we? You know, we all have our calendars, don't we? And in, in those calendars, to also be able to set aside that time to be able to reflect on all that's going on. The old notion of the, the unreflected life is not worth living. T.S. Eliot, you know, we had the experience, but we missed the meaning. Uh, it, really, it really serves us well in, in living more authentically. Uh, to be reflecting on, on our experiences each day. And I think the other thing that's important in this is that you know we're not gonna make perfect choices. We, there's definitely times we took a misstep or took the long way instead of you know the short path that was right in front of us. But I think that's a point for growth. I don't think discernment's about always making the perfect choices in life. We can you know discern from our experiences to find what actually brings us more joy that, that we might not have been able to experience had we not tried out the thing that wasn't exactly right for us initially. Sometimes there's real beauty in taking the circuitous route, isn't there? You know, we, we quite, you know, uh, given our impatience and our planning and all of that, uh, we're quite desirous to take the shortest route, right? That's just going to get us to whatever somehow that preconceived end result is. And often when uh, we're, uh, we do take that circuitous route, we discover things uh, about who we are that we never would have anticipated. Again, those accidental graces. So Father Greg, just as we wrap up here and kind of try to combine all of these awesome thoughts about discernment and how it is such a practical, in many ways, such a practical part of our spirituality, especially Ignatian spirituality, right. what's a, a first step someone can take to kind of implement this practice of discernment? First step, rid oneself of the idea that discernment is daunting. Sometimes we think because it is this big term we toss around that it is something large and really difficult and arduous uh, and maybe a little scary. Uh, to rid oneself of that notion, first and foremost. Um, aiding in that, uh, the ridding of that notion, uh, is just that, that very practical notion of you know, taking the time each day, I go back to something we spoke of earlier with the examine, right? Taking that time just to quiet oneself in the course of the day, just to take stock as to what has been happening today. You know, what has been bringing me life today? What didn't bring me life today? Um, why did certain things bring me life? Uh, and where is that, where, where do I want to go with that tomorrow? 
That's great. And I think that just ties into the quote that you mentioned earlier, T.S. Eliot, one of my favorite quotes as well is, you know, having the experience and missing the meaning. So how can we... We are always having those experiences, aren't we? Always. You know, not just in those dramatic moments. We're always having those experiences. But it's to get in that habit and that practice of of reflecting on, on the moments each day. That's great. Well, we always like to finish up with a fun question. Anyone who knows you knows that you are a rabid Star Wars fan. So we have to ask you what your favorite Star Wars episode is. Oh, simple. I should ask that of you two. <laughs> oh, you'd be disappointed. I haven't seen a single one. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Oh, we have a lot of work to do, MJ. Much to do before you graduate from Hey, Georgetown. couple months, couple months. Oh, uh, Kevin, any, any, any? Episode five. Uh, hands down, Empire Strikes Back. I mean, that's where we get into, you know, breaking out of the merely kind of, uh, you know, the hero's journey of episode four uh, and a bit more Shakespearean, of course. Uh, for those of you who have not seen it, MJ, uh, no spoilers here on your podcast. All right, well, when I decide to watch it, maybe, should I start with the fifth or start? No, you okay. got to start with start with number fourth. All right, all right. That's we'll for the it. next podcast. We can talk all about that. That sounds wonderful. All right, well, you heard it here first. Next week's podcast on Star Wars. Exactly. There we go. With Father Greg. All right. Exactly. Father Greg, thank you so, so much for your time today. We greatly appreciate our conversation with you and your time. Thank you both for uh, for inviting me on and for, uh, for having this podcast. Thank you, Father Greg, for your time, and thank you for listening to Four Years of Faith, a podcast on Catholicism in college. I'm Kevin Jackson. I'm Mary Joy Kozak. We'll see you next time.